Thanks to our sponsor, Omega Management Group, listeners of Crack the Customer Code receive a discount for registration at the 14th Annual Omega Score Conference in Boston on May 25th through the 27th. This is the industry forum on CEM best practices to drive customer loyalty. Check out this episode's show notes for your link and make sure to sign up today. Welcome to episode 115 of Crack the Customer Code. Thanks to Audible, you as our listener, get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash customer code. I'm Jeannie Walters, and I'm here with the choreographer of customer service, the dancer, Adam Taporic. The dancer. <laughs> I like the choreographer. It's like a Bob Fosse thing. There you go. Jazz hands. Jazz hands. Yes. You remember all that jazz? Of course. Yes. Uh, you just dated yourself. You see, I can't say your age, but I suckered you into that one. <laughs> I also remember Chicago the Musical, which was Fosse as well. And that was, you know, very recent, I want to point out. So that's that's really what I remember. Good try. I like that. It's an, it's, you get an A for effort. <laughs> I appreciate it. So what is going on with you, Miss Jeannie? Well, let's see. This week, I am off to Las Vegas yet again for a conference called C3 by Calidus Cloud. So I'm excited to be uh, speaking for them about customer experience mission. And then next week, I'm excited to be part of the Patient Empathy Summit that the Cleveland Clinic hosts every year. And it's uh, it's really the premier event for, for patient experience. And I'm really excited to go to that and hear what they're doing and uh, kick off the conference actually on Sunday, so it's pretty exciting. Why don't you kick off some empathy in the health, in the healthcare field? <laughs> That's the goal. That's the goal. <laughs> do a good job, please. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And what about you? What are you up to? Ah, this week I get to do a local keynote. I'm so excited. I get oh. to drive from my front door to a keynote. <laughs> I am so happy. That's like the best thing ever. It is. No it is. plane, no hotel, just in. Hello, and it's the Florida Excellence Conference right here in Orlando. So I'm very excited nice. about that. And that is this week. So and do you have to, is it only about being excellent in Florida? Yes, it is about being excellent in Florida. So if you cross the state line, you no longer have to be excellent? <laughs> you no longer are excellent. <laughs> oh, snap. No, I just, I can't say that. I'm not even from Florida originally. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's actually, they uh, um, recognize small businesses that have, uh, they have a thing called the Bald Ridge Award, and they recognize small businesses for their excellence across a variety of metrics. And you can check out Florida Excellence Conference on the web and check out a little bit more about that. Cool. So let me ask you a question, Jeannie. What's that? What is business worth to you? What is loyalty worth to you? Oh, geez. <laughs> it's hard to quantify it, isn't it? But it's it's not... It's not a simple question at all. Is and your I loyalty think, cheap? Uh, is my no, not at all. Ah. I'm very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> you should know that by now. <laughs> but I think what we're talking about today is really where is loyalty going as far as what are people willing to pay for? Are they willing to pay to be a part of something that basically is a loyalty program? And that never used to be the case. It used to be that loyalty programs were about recognizing and embracing the people who are most loyal to your brand and then creating kind of a special community where they get perks and discounts and all of those things. And now what's happening is that's being flipped on its head a little bit. And 
they're basically saying, okay, loyal customers, if you want these discounts, you have to pay for them. And so it's not a new model because if you really think about it, you and I have talked about Amazon Prime and how we love it (laughs) and how it's worth the money to get better shipping times and uh, all the streaming video now and all of those things. That feels like beyond a loyalty program to me. Do you feel that way too? It's just a really well-dressed one. Ah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's different than a points program, obviously. It's, a, it's more of a membership in which you get benefits. So if you, mm-hmm. if you break down, I think, a pure loyalty program, yes, because that is sort of a – we usually look at that as a points or a reward. You do X actions and you get Y for it. But I think when you, it's pay to play, mm-hmm. you know, it's more of a membership that is designed for a loyalty play. And that's yeah, that's interesting. You know, because if you look at Amazon, I mean, it, one thing that comes to mind whenever I think Amazon Prime, I think of one word, value. Mm-hmm. They give you so much value for if if you're a consumer <laughs> that, spend, <Right. laughs> that spends, which is our problem apparently. Uh, but they <laughs> they give you a lot of value, and mm-hmm. they tr- they tr- I mean, God, I, I ordered a um, I think we talked about it in a previous episode. I got a Fitbit. Mm-hmm. And I ordered it the other day. I actually sent it back. I'm not going to use it. But um, <laughs> oh, Adam, <laughs> I don't send anything back. It's pretty funny. So I'll tell you that in a second. But it was there the next day, literally yep. free and prime. Because if you're in a major market, like I had to order something and I was going to my parents uh, and they mm-hmm. live in a smaller market. And I was like, well, you know, dad, since you don't live in Orlando, it's going to take two days for this to get here. <laughs> <laughs> Who has time for this? I, I really don't have time. I'm sorry. I, I just can't do this. Yep. But yeah. it, so it's interesting that how they're training us, and a little off the topic, but uh, you know we'll discuss the Fitbit at another point. But one of the things I think with loyalty, it really does come down to a value proposition because everything, everybody loves the subscription model. We had John Warlow on in a previous yep. episode. Um, I've come from a retail subscri- uh, membership subscription business background as well, and it's a wonderful model. But there are so many of it, particularly in the software space, that people are. Uh, you know, they're hesitant. You've got to make the value proposition good. And I think whatever, whether it's a membership or a pure loyalty play, mm-hmm. as soon as you put a charge on it, I right. mean, honestly, you've right. you got to make the value proposition pretty good for people to sign up for free. Yep. When, when you add a few dollars, when you make, add a charge. <laughs> right. And you look at something like, you know, we talked about Amazon, but, you know, Costco and Sam's Club, this is their model too. Like you sign up to be a part of this world where you get the discounts. And so it is a membership. It's something that is beyond that, but it creates immense loyalty because you know exactly what you're getting every time you go there. And they make it a point to kind of tell you at these places too, how much you save and things like that. But one of the things that's happening now is Restoration Hardware, which is not an organization that people would necessarily say they shop at every day or that they, you know, have to frequent all that often. But they rolled out a loyalty discount program where now in order to get almost any discount, because they're saying they're not going to do sales anymore at all. They're saying that if you pay $100 for the year, that's when you get access as a customer to the discount and certain services. And so it's this special card and it's a 25% savings. And then they do say 10% savings on sale merchandise. And people question this because they were like, well, if you said sale you're not going to have sales. <laughs> How does that work? And they said they're still going to have to do clearance and things like that occasionally. So inventory cleanup. Right. Um, 
and then some interior design service and early access to things, et cetera. But what happened is there was a little bit of a backlash because shipping for their products, which are furniture and, you know, household things that are not cheap, they uh, didn't offer free shipping or discounted shipping to this loyalty group. And that was kind of an expectation that they had. So to your point, I think people were trying to look for the big value for them. And that would have been the big, big value. And so the question is, are other loyalty programs that are more points driven and things like that, are they going to start charging people to be a part of this? Like what if the hotels or the airlines did this? That would be a game changer. And I don't think anybody would be very excited about it. Well, I think that's where you get a little some free market dynamics. Mm -hmm. We'll comment on there because at some point, if you're the one, if there's going to be a sort of marginal <laughs> utility, I think, at, at, when you're comparing something that can be used anywhere, because a lot of people don't even do the airline points anymore; they do their credit card points, which transfer right. over. Uh, right. So I think that could get really tricky for a lot of companies. Mm -hmm. It's much easier for the airlines to simply keep devaluing it. <laughs> no, I mean seriously, because if they if they charge yeah. if they charge, that's a big news story. Everybody goes right. crazy, like when Netflix was going to split their company and do all that. Mm -hmm. um, if they just keep, oh yeah, points now worth uh, you know ninety three percent of what it was. They never say it that way. Now, mm -hmm. now it takes fifteen thousand and seven hundred and sixty miles to go to Denver. Yeah. Uh, that so they I don't think they'll ever need to with the airlines for specifically or some of the mileage uh, excuse me uh, point reward programs that work similarly because they just mm -hmm. ch they change the value, uh, but things like you know you talked about Barnes and Noble so back in my very very younger days I worked at Barnes and Noble for a little bit and I sold nice. those uh, membership cards yeah that, that was like the big spiff I mean where you were yep. selling them and I was always the number two salesperson I'd get number one once in a while wow. because there was this little old like mom lady she like a grandma and she was she was like probably at yeah our age now but i was young um but, hey oh but oh my gosh she would just work it oh sweetie we're, we were in north carolina oh sweetie come you know you want this cod and just like they're laying it on the whole oh so I can, we, we'd compete head to head i think she'd usually uh win more weeks than i would win but, uh, but that you know that was a big thing and i question now with barnes and noble what is that even a value? They still ask when you go, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I mean, what I, I can't even imagine what the value proposition for that is at this point no. with, with the, the existence of Amazon. And let me right. ask you this. You talk about value, and I still think that's the heart of all these things. Because mm -hmm. how many times have you gone to buy something you haven't, uh, like a, from a company you never had before, say like the Fitbit or whatever? And first thing you do, you look it up on their website, you go look at all the fancy demos, and then you go see if it's on Amazon because you don't want to create a whole new login and deal with the shipping and all that. <laughs> How many times have you done that, yeah, Jeannie? That's true. All it's, the time, right? All the time. And it's always shocking when I when I don't find it in the regular places, you know? Like, that's... <laughs> They're smart or dumb. I don't know yeah. which. You know who, who is really good at that, though? Um, Sephora is so good at, like giving you both sides of that where you see these beautiful product demos and like how to use things and they have this really good loyalty program and everything else. And so they're really good at like being the place where once you get there, I mean, you know, when you, when you have to order your mascara, <laughs> oh, I, I hate, <laughs> you I hate Sephora, that. Right. Yeah, of course I do. Of course I do. <laughs> and I think, but part of it is they're creating loyalty in all these different ways. It's not just one program. It's that, 
they're offering, you know, value kind of that's multi-layered. And I think right now, what what they're finding in some research is that younger customers are actually more willing to pay for loyalty programs because the assumption is they'll have a superior experience by signing up. And so like the value proposition for Barnes Noble was always, if you spend X amount, you're going to pay for this card right away, you know, and then you'll get discounts. It was like, if you, if you spend a hundred bucks, you're going to get, you know, $200 in return, basically. It was mostly, mostly a mathematical decision, whether it was good for you or not. That's right. How often do you shop there and is it worth it? Um, And I think now they're finding that younger people, the assumption is, well, if I pay for this, I'm going to have a better experience. So it's worth it. You keep on believing, youngsters. <laughs> well, no, you're uh, you're right. I mean, I kid, but if they if that's the expectation going in, mm-hmm. then companies need to know that's what they better deliver. Right. So, I absolutely. Mean, again, I, I think the future of all these things, especially with companies that don't have things like Prime, mm-hmm. even though they deliver it anyways, they're the the prime example of creating value through a program. But it, mm-hmm. I, I honestly think it's going to be the value it delivers. Mm-hmm. And I think the brand loyalty only takes you so far. I mean, yeah, they'll sign up, but will they use it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's got to be value and there's got to be a use of it to create connection. Yeah. And, and how do you communicate it to your customers as well? Because if you have a loyalty program and let's say there are different tiers, if a customer moves from one tier to the other, meaning they've spent a lot of money with you. They are the loyal customers you're looking for. If you're not communicating that value as they go up the ranks, then it's really easy to get wooed away from the next thing that's offered by your competitor because that loyalty program might look more appealing at the base level. Um, And this just happened with me where I have been flying a lot, as you know, and I got moved up a tier with uh, American Airlines and nobody said anything to me. <laughs> and in fact, when I checked in, he put this thing on my luggage and I was like, I looked at it and I didn't have any clue what it was. And then my boarding pass said a different status. And I was like, oh, <laughs> so I, can, <laughs> nice. I guess I can board a little earlier now. But it's like nobody said a word. It was the weirdest thing. I even checked email. I never got an email about it. It's just like, if you're going to do this, tell me what I'm getting by moving up and spending my money with you. Well, it's funny you brought up that example because what I was thinking about before you got to that example was exactly the airlines. I think one of the catches with this is a lot of these programs aren't used to create a relationship, aren't used Mm -hmm. to make you feel special unless either they don't do it at all or they do it when you're the top 5% of the program, which is the airlines. I was like, how many airline programs do you feel really connected to? Right. It's all mathematical, unless you are, you know, like George Clooney in the air type. (laughs) Right. What was that movie? In the air? Up in the air? Yeah. Up in the Uh, air. Yeah. I mean, yeah, unless you're flying like that. I mean, if you're you're doing, you know, 150 gigs a year or something like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. But if you're not at some of those levels, I I have no loyalty to any of my airline miles. I can tell you that. Right. Well, and Starbucks just got in trouble for changing their loyalty program. And there was a huge backlash because instead of kind of frequency of purchase, they went to dollars. And so some of their most loyal customers who show up every day and order that cup of coffee, they were like, well, I'm ordering a plain cup of coffee, which is a lot less expensive than the fancy Frappuccino, Mocha, Delight, Espresso. Right. 
And yet that person who comes in once a week to get that might have more points than the person who comes in every day. And there was one guy who cut up his gold Starbucks card and put it on social like, never again, you know? Like, oh, well, you know, you're going to have a percent no matter <laughs> what. <laughs> it just doesn't matter what you do. But I'm curious what is going to happen with that because people were immensely loyal because of that program. And I might be one of them. I'm just saying. But I actually don't care because I spend way too much on my drinks. <laughs> so I'm going to come out ahead no matter what. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, if you're getting the uh, double, triple <laughs> yeah, exactly. frappuccino, half Splenda, half uh, soy, half uh, coconut milk. Bad, but yeah. Yeah. You uh, know what? I Well, it's hard because it probably should have been dollar all along. Right. And. Yeah, that's a tough one. You, whenever you change anything, if you're a big company, just you just know it's going to happen. If you change any loyalty program of any size, you're going to have just a percent that just are going to go ballistic. Yeah. Um, the question is, what's the right offering for the right time? Just like we talked about, I don't know what I mean. I haven't looked at it in a while. In fairness, and I'm a, I love Barnes and Noble because they're the last one standing, and I love mm -hmm. the experience of going to a bookstore. So I'm, I'm not knocking on your Barnes. I hope you do well. Uh, but I, I, you know, if it's the same value prop it was, I don't know what the value prop is in today's day and age. Yep, I agree. So. I agree. I think it's a, a fair question, and I would also just say look at what not only your competitors are offering. But what are the best experiences out there? And those are the expectations. And going back to that restoration hardware example, I think the reason customers expected free shipping is because that's what Amazon does. And so this pay-to-play loyalty program, they didn't even know that was an expectation with their customers, but it was. And so that's what you have to look for. What's actually happening beyond your industry, beyond your just you know piece of the market, and what are customer expectations today? instead of maybe when you created the program to begin with. Well, our expectations are that you're going to join the Crack the Customer Code loyalty program. <laughs> it's only $94,999 a year. That one's to Adam. <laughs> I get the other one. <laughs> you get the other one. Uh, but no, but thank you for your loyalty. We don't charge for it here. You just get our time <laughs> and get to listen to us chat. And we hope you enjoy it. Episode 115 of Crack the Customer Code. You can see the show notes for this and all episodes. Subscribe and send us feedback at crackthecustomercode.com. I'm Jeannie Walters. Stay current on the latest customer experience trends and insights and see my TEDx talk at 360connects.com. And thanks to our sponsor, the Omega Scoreboard Conference, we have a special discount for our listeners to attend their CEM event May 25th through 27th in Boston. Check out our show notes for a special link just for you to register today. And don't forget, we love reviews. Drop by iTunes and give us a few stars and some words of encouragement. I'm Adam Deport. You can connect with me and find out more about our customer service workshops and training at customersatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself and take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.